Okay, well, welcome to uh, another edition of the Tech Man Talks Dynamics podcast. Um, joined with James Crowder and Matt Woodhouse today, and we're going to go through uh, a, a topic that's actually been requested um, as, as something we cover around the idea that as we move to business central, or as our users move to business central, a lot of them have got very uh, complex, uh, lots of development built into their existing nav solutions. And when they get to the point of making the jump to business central, do they redevelop all of that or do they re-implement completely differently? So I think that's why, you know, James and Matt are here. It's, uh, it's far more their topic than mine when it gets down to the technicality. So I'm going to be asking the questions. I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot as well. And hopefully um, you guys will, uh, by who are listening. So James and Matt, I don't know who wants to take that to begin with, maybe at a high level. Is there a is there a, a, a one answer for everybody or is there, I'm assuming, a different one depending on the solution for uh, for each end user? Well, I think it's fairly well established, uh, Liam, that um, you know, f- for a while now we've promoted kind of uh, Business Central 14 as the bridge, um, the last version in which you could have CAL. So going up to that version, um, upgrading to that version where you can keep your CAL and then really choosing, uh, looking at the different areas of customization and pulling them out one by one to convert them into extensions, which then go on to the future BC versions. And, you know, that's, that's working fairly well as a strategy. We're seeing people come out the other end of that now, um, and, and be fully extension based. So the CAL is back to standard, in which case, you know, you can, you can progress rapidly through um, 15, 16, and 17. In, in terms of whether, you know, the specific question is... is just Sorry to interrupt there. Just to, just to clarify for anyone who's listening, CAL is the legacy language that we used to develop in for Navision and NAV, correct? That's that's right, yes. So if you if you had any customizations in the older versions of, you know, any version of NAV, pretty much it will be in CAL. You could do extensions from 20, NAV 2018, which was actually the last version. So you, you may have a couple of extensions, um, you know, if you're on NAV 2018, but really before that, um, it, it was all CAL. Okay, so we've got, we're moving now into the extension-based world once we get to Business Central, and that's the only way we can write the, the changes that people will want, the modifications for their system, correct? Just, just to set the, 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 slate, the slate for everybody. Yeah, and, and the reason Microsoft have done that is is extensions are, are discrete. Okay, you know you have a if you if you're doing on premise, you have a dot app file, um, and and all of the customizations for that customization are contained in that dot app file. So you you can install it, you can uninstall it in seconds, um, and it's discrete. It's layered on top of. The core application, whereas CAL, we used to go into, you know, we'd take the core application from Microsoft, go into it, and, uh, you know, the horrible word is butcher it, um, because we'd make all sorts of changes to what they'd written, which then meant that when you came to an upgrade time, we'd have to kind of work out what changes we'd made and, and try and reproduce them in the new version, which was a right mess. Got it. Okay. Okay. So sorry to interrupt you, just, just for those people that probably aren't as technical, just to, to make sure everyone understands it. Yeah. I mean, Matt, we, we have discussions on a regular basis, I think, about whether a particular area should be um, uh, rewritten or whether it can be migrated. You can take you – know, some of the structure of CAL is very similar to AL, so you can almost cut and paste some of it across. Um, there's a few changes you then have to make to get it to work, um, but, it, it, you know, that, that 
in some respects that can be quicker. So it can, but do you do that? Do you start it again? I think it depends on the function that you're bringing across. Um, you know, pre 2017, before we had events, um, you know, the code will be written often. You know, well, that there'll certainly be some element of the standard objects changed because it had to be. Um, you'd hopefully have some discrete code units, some discrete functionality table which sits separately. Um, but because of the event model, you end up changing, having to kind of re-engineer a lot of that code because it's going to have to work very differently. I, I feel discrimination now because Liam hasn't jumped in and asked you to define what an event is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Matt, yeah, what's an event? <laughs> so, 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 okay. Let, let me try and try and explain an event. So, if let's say the standard software is um, you're creating a new customer, there is an event that says when I, in effect, before I've created this record. That there's, a, there's an event and maybe when I've finished it and when I've modified it. So certain triggers that are happening against typically a record, but it doesn't have to be a record, it can be any bit of functionality. There is Fields as well. So you've got on after validate field after I've put this piece of information in, do this. Yeah, I mean, there are thousands of events now in Business Central. And, and what it means is that separate to the standard code, I can basically almost kind of listen to that event. So when that event happens, come and tell me, and if it relates to a record, give me that record as well. And then I can do my own code and deal with that record how I want to. So I haven't had to change the standard software. All I'm doing is listening for certain things to happen and you know, being passed certain bits of data, which I can then manipulate. So it means that I could, if a function's about to happen and the event is on before this, go and tell me that this is happening, I can say, actually, skip it. Ignore it. I mean, we're not actually going to go do that. Or I could say on after. So once you've done something before the whole thing's been committed, I want to go and tweak something. So you know, it, 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 it's it, it's you know these days there's, there there aren't really any restrictions. Um, I, I don't think it, it's just a different way of doing development. I'm not sure. I completely agree. You know, there's still I still find occasionally somewhere where I would like Microsoft to have published an event, and there isn't one. But yeah, that's getting less there. and less. Yeah. And the, the the other thing I would say with that that's that's the reason why the recommendation is to update to BC14 because there are thousands more events in BC14 than there were in when it first came out in. Um, you know, events first appeared in, in BC6, uh, sorry, NAV 2016, um, and, and they were better in 2017. And then in 2018, you had events and extensions, um, but there weren't many events. There weren't enough events. And we, you were frequently compromising your customization design because you hadn't got the event where you needed it. In BC14, that progressively, they put more and more in, so it got better and better and easier. Um, so that's that that's that's why we'd say jump even if you're on nav 2018 jump to bc14 because the customizations we're going to build based on the events in bc14 will be much better than potentially the ones we could do in nav 2018 so when you make that when you make that jump to bc14 is that still a bit of a hybrid world that you're living in that you've got a bit of both that you've now got the ability to uh, you know, write with extension or write the extensions with the events and the triggers, and you've still got some of the old Cal stuff that's come across historically. That that's completely right, and and you know that's why Microsoft have a five year life cycle on BC fourteen. So 
Um, uh, you know, I, I think it came out, um, was it, uh, the second release of 20, uh, 2019, was it? Um, so in effect, we've got till 2024, um, you know, to, to pick apart your CAL modifications and transfer them into extensions. And we can do that bit and bit. So, you know, when, it, when a client's ringing up and saying, well, I, I've had this customization around this particular area. Now I need it to do a little bit more or a little bit differently. We're going, well, this is an ideal opportunity to transfer that into an AL extension. So we'll do that first and then we'll build on top of that. You know, if you're having stuff built in CAL now, there's got to be a very, very good reason why, because your payback period um, on CA, on CAL really, you know, largely is a very limited period of time. Um, whereas AL extensions, they'll need some maintenance, but you know, you'll still be using them in fifteen years, twenty years time if if that's if it's still applicable for your business. I think I think one of the challenges though is you're you know, you're moving. Let's say you've moved all of your legacy CAL developments and, and, and moved yourself up to BC14, um, I think the challenge is understanding what you've got. And, and yeah, I, I, we see this a lot where customers aren't sure, realistically, what is standard business central anymore. Um, yeah, they, if they've been working with the system for five, 10 years, then you know, th- those customizations could have been there from day one. Therefore, what is standard business central? You know, I'm sure there'll be a couple of key areas they know are probably you know, very much written for them. Uh, and so you have to be careful when you're reviewing as to what you do and don't want, because understanding what is standard um, can be a challenge sometimes. Do we have any processes or anything that we do as a partner to, to help with that? How, how, how do, what's our involvement in that, Matt, when someone gets to that point? I, I think if, it, if it's a system that we'd taken on and started from scratch, that's easy because we've got a list of everything that we've done with all the change requests or, or modifications on the initial project. So, you know, we can cope with the list of that's everything that is in the system. What do you still want to keep? It gets a bit more complex where it's a customer that's transferred from another partner where we don't have any documentation typically and the customer doesn't typically have any documentation about what's modified in their system. Okay, so there's going to be an audit process that we go through and all yeah. those separate what's what's um, standard uh, BC or standard NAV and, and what's been modified. But you can, you can do that once you're on BC 14. You know, it, it, what it gives you, BC 14, is is time because you, you get the support from Microsoft. So if any new updates come out, any you know, legislative requirements, they still get maintained for the foreseeable future. Um, but it gives you the time to go through and review the customizations and if you want them, move them over to apps. Yeah, because I guess there's a, there's a history, isn't there, that businesses change through their through their their life, and and what might have been required for your business process six, seven, ten years ago, you might have evolved from that as a business. You don't need some of those modifications that were written specifically for you in that time. So, can we lift and you know throw those away now? We've got a better way of doing it. Can we use standard BC process now? Will that fit our business? I'm, I guess there's a lot of that that goes on when we're talking to people. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I've seen in the last few weeks is is actually some clients that when we've done that kind of free assessment, we, you know, we, we're actually it takes a lot of time. It's taking typically at least a couple of days to go through and kind of pull apart their system and, and kind of detail what's been customized and what the area of customizations are. But we're doing that for clients. And then when we're going back to them and saying, well, you know, what what, what they're asking is, right, what's the budget for turning all my CAL 
modifications into AL. And some of them are getting a number that actually, we don't need that anymore, we don't need that. And when they've drawn the lines through the ones they don't need, what they're left with, they're looking at that list and going, well, actually, I could go to a standard app from AppSource for that area and that area and that area. And so what is what they're left is what we call per-tenant extensions, which is customizations which are completely specific to them. They're going, well, actually, that's not a very long list. You know, we can we can crack that in seven days. So let's not bother with BC14. Let's go straight to BC17, the current release, because actually, um, you know, we don't want to go through the testing lifecycle of doing everything twice. Um, we'd rather just go to the current release and have it. I think the other thing is, you know, my current hobby horse is the, uh, CSPEP, where you get a SaaS subscription, even if you don't use it. Um, and, and to take Matt's point about customers not knowing whether things are standard or, or so on, having that, that there just so that they can go and have a look at and try the process through in standard BC can really give them some new ideas about how they can adapt their processes because it's the age old thing. You know, when people are coming onto BC for the first time, we, we're very, uh, tough with them to say, we're not just going to redevelop your current system. We're not going to do what you've always done just because you've always done it. We're actually going to look at the right thing to do. And actually, this is a good opportunity to look at what they've always done in BC, which they might, you know, it might have been NAV four or, or five, 15 years ago, where they actually decided that that's what the process should be. And they've never had a, it, it, it works but it's not as efficient as it could be or not as flexible as it could be. So therefore, this is an opportunity to review that and say, um, you know, uh, we're going to do something different. And, and so in answer to coming back to the original question, I think you had, which is, do you migrate or do you redevelop or, or, or what do you do? And I think the honest answer is there is no kind of... Um, one size fits all. It depends on the individual circumstance, the individual organization, uh, the third party apps that are available to choose from, um, you know, uh, and where they are in their, in their life cycle of, of, of migrating to current. Um, it, what's the right decision for them? Which makes it hard and, and means that's why the question's out there, right? Because there's no black and white answer. You should yeah. do this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's looking at doing that. You know, you've mentioned a couple of different routes there. And, I, you know, I like the idea of, as well as people's businesses have evolved, the products evolved. Like you say, if you're coming from a very old legacy version of NAV and you haven't looked at what BC does today and the additional functionality that's been added over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I, like you said, there's a lot of stuff that probably out the box BC can do. You might have to move your process a little bit to fit it. But but I think that's a really nice way of looking at it. That can you can you almost go fresh again and, and start with a re-implementation rather than, I, a, than I, an upgrade? I looked I looked at one customer. You know, before this um, recording, I, I looked at one customer's migration report, and you know, three areas. It says now standard, um, and one was you know purchase uh, purchase receipt over quantity. Uh, so you now have a tolerance where you can over receipt against a purchase order. That's standard in the product. And, and I'd hate to think how many times we customized that in historic, historically. So things like that, uh, you know, Microsoft have um, uh, have introduced. Uh, another little um, option as well in this in this process, Liam, one which we're um, just about to start with a customer who's on NAV, I think they're on NAV 2016. They, they've got a few developments, not many, um, and they don't actually think they need them anymore. So what we're going to do is... So you take a copy of their live system, overwrite 
that system with a standard set of objects, which basically means that the you know all, it goes back to standard. Any custom fields that they've got on the system will get lost. You know they, they understand that. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a, a but new, their data, yeah, but the, but the rest of the data is there. We then take that standard NAV twenty sixteen and upgrade it to BC fourteen, and because it's standard, that is a very very quick process to do, and then the. SAS, we use then the SAS environment, like James was talking about earlier, about having you know, using your, your, your SAS subscription, and there's a, a migration tool. So in effect, what we do, we install a bit of software where the NAV2016 server is, it talks to the SAS environment, and it just sucks that data up and pushes it into the SAS environment. So they've then got a standard, up-to-date BC17 with their data. Now, they might look at that, they might do some testing, and say, do you know what, we're fine with it. So if that's the case, we agree a date we're going to do that. We just do that whole process in one go. And they just turn up Monday morning and start using the SaaS environment. Okay, right. <laughs> but, but, it, but even if they're not fine with it, they'll have a list of, okay, we, you know, we can't do without X, Y, and Z. And, and you're, you're, you know, the, the assumption in upgrades is everything we've had, we need, so we'll, we'll migrate it. And, and so you're inevitably spending lots of time doing stuff that you actually don't need to do. And I think, you know, this is the ideal opportunity to house clean in effect and go back to what do we actually need rather than what, um, just assuming that everything, you know, in a lot of our clients, it, it, the, the person who's making the decision now wasn't there when the original system was implemented. Sure. So, yeah. you know, they're taking over predecessors' decisions, not not their decisions. And, it, and it's a great opportunity to kind of clean house. And once you're in the cloud, you've then got you know the ease of things like Power Automate, Power Apps, to, to, which can take away some of those things you may have as customizations. Yeah, so- we we should do one of these sessions around the you know the cloud admin center and how you can just take because if you've if you've um, migrated that data into their production environment in the cloud, they can then go go create a copy, a sandbox. You know, normally on prem, a lot of the clients will ring us and go. Can you can you copy this into a test environment, or can you take a snapshot live to test in, in the cloud environment? You can just do that yourselves, and it happens in 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 you know a couple of minutes. So you can kind of try something out, go back to scratch, rev- revert to you know that first migration to the to your starting point, try it again slightly differently. I, I think that's great flexibility, and with CSP EP, there's no cost to doing that. You know, it's it is included in the cost of your maintenance. So why the hell wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really interesting listening to you guys talk for the last 10, 15 minutes. You know, there's, there, there's, there's so much has changed in the last couple of years in terms of um, the, the, the product, obviously, but the tools we now have available, that people are shifting a lot from on-prem solutions up to cloud solutions and how do we get them there um, and, and the way we're thinking about this. Uh, it's, it, you know, I, I've learned a lot of sitting in and I'm, I live and breathe this with you guys every day, but I think for, for end users, it must be really difficult at times to know you know, everything that's available to them. And sometimes, as you said, you almost revert to, well, we've always done this, so we'll keep doing it, is their approach. And it's nice to hear that actually there's two, three different approaches to doing what was traditionally an upgrade that actually we could do a hybrid jump, we can do a full re-implementation, we can actually give you the best of both worlds to go and play with it and see see what you, you actually do need. And there's no, I know there's a cost of their the customer's time, but from our point of view, that's a lot lower overhead in terms of the you know the billing time we would traditionally do to to move them across to get them to that position correct on that yeah 
totally. Um, and I think, you know, uh, that that's one of the reasons for starting this regular podcast really is that, you know, it's tough to keep up. Um, yeah. Liam. Microsoft, to be fair, are knocking over roadblocks um, uh, rapidly. Um, you know, in every month something seems to evolve, um, which, is, which is great. But I think for clients where, you know, they need to uh, kind of assimilate and, and traditionally have only heard about stuff maybe once or twice a year, um, you know, those traditional publications that came out that kind of give you your annual update on what happens with NAV um, <laughs> are out of date as soon as they're printed, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah we, that's why we've got to move to things like this to, to kind of keep people up to date. Indeed. I, I, yeah, just to... Just to um follow on from that you've mentioned cspep a couple of times today if people are, are interested in what that actually involves the new way we can do your annual maintenance there's already a podcast on the list there that, that james and liz dealt with that and and you've mentioned a couple of things today that would be useful to maybe cover and, and the one um was around the life cycle policy i think that's something we probably need to deal with in the in the coming weeks because as you've said bc 14 has got a five-year period but that's shortening isn't it with the the later versions that come out and not not for today but Again, people need to be aware of, of what they are moving to and, and the impact that has on the length of the support on that product. So I think that's one we'll have to put on the list to, to deal with on a later date. Is there anything, do you guys want to add to anything else around that? I know that, as you've said, James, there is no definitive answer on this. It's a conversation with the client and maybe looking at various options. But uh, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add or are you happy with what we've covered today? No, I think it's great. Um, you, you're right. There's there's so many topic, topics we could talk about, yeah, um, yeah. but we got we got to do some work between podcasts, haven't we? Um, you know, we've got a few bills to pay. <laughs> He's got to pay the so, bills. So, uh, few, few few clients that want us to deliver a bit of stuff uh, sometime soon. So we better go do that, and then we'll pick it up uh, pick it up next week, perhaps. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks uh, for your input, both of you. Appreciate you. that. I've learned a lot, and um, thanks for anybody who's out there that's listening. And we'll look forward to uh, to seeing you again soon. Thank you. Bye.